podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Attention Social Security and SSI recipients. If you did not receive an economic impact payment for your eligible spouse or dependents, you may need to file a 2020 tax return with the IRS and claim the recovery rebate credit. Go to ssa.gov EIP to see if you need to file a tax return and if eligible for other refundable tax credits, like the child tax credit. That's ssa.gov EIP. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. Hey, imagine if all your frustrations about advertising your business could be solved right now. You should know that podcast listeners are more engaged in higher converting than any other advertising medium. So try AdHub today and reap the rewards of Spreaker's self-advertising platform. It makes it as effortless as ever to be heard by thousands, regardless of the listening app they use. Visit Spreaker.com forward slash AdHub. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com forward slash AdHub and start using your advertising dollars in an impactful way. Hello everybody and welcome to the Premier League Nightclub Podcast. My name is Damon and with me I have Woody. Woody, we're back for episode four of the Nightclub miniseries. How are you? Good, mate. I'm very good. I'm really excited for this one because we picked the topic last week. Um, and it's a good topic, isn't it, Damon? I'm really excited because this brings back memes. And I think that's exactly what we're trying to do um, during this isolation period is bring back as many memories as we can. And oh, I'm so excited to get stuck into this one. Mate, I've noticed that like through my research, I'm learning just as much as reminiscing because a lot of these teams that I'm look- that I looked at in the research, we were probably like barely born or if we were, we were only five or six years old. So you sort of like get a better understanding on what, what it was like around the you know late 90s, early 2000s and so on. So yeah, I'm learning just as much as reminiscing during all this. Yeah, I know we've definitely got one team that is probably right around the, the time that we were born along be- long before that we got into the, the Premier League. But for the rest of the teams, really, that, that was sort of in our era when we sort of started watching, when we sort of started really supporting um, and, and just to see the league, how it's changed, especially over the last decade, is really interesting. And I think it just bodes well to see where it's going to change for the next 10 years as well. We're definitely going to have like special special seasons like we did with Leicester. And obviously, they're not a team we're going to be talking about today because they certainly overachieved <laughs> rather than underachieved. But certainly some similar team or some teams in that similar time frame. But Woody, there are some teams that had their own seasons around that 2015-2016 era, isn't there, Woody? So I think (laughs) as a part of this intro, it's probably worth mentioning the the special, special time we had during our Sunday league and how we certainly didn't make the most of the opportunity. No, for sure. So we played uh, straight out of school. We graduated 2015, um, end of 2015, and 2016 we joined our old uh, our school's um uh team f- for for old students which is the old trinity Marion soccer club the otg sc uh and the maiden season we were all pretty uh pretty fit coming straight out of school because we've all played school sports um but also pretty raw but pretty raw very say. raw as well and i think we we've been playing futsal together as a team um everyone that, that joined the the club for about two years and so we, we, we played well together as a team, but we didn't know how we were going to gel with the other characters or other people that we were going to sort of 
play uh, in this team. And it was a funny season, Darren. We came third, but we should have probably won the league. I must say that the, the phrase characters is a good good way to describe <laughs> the team. A lot, lot of characters. Uh, yeah, you're right, Woody. We should have probably won the league. I think on the final day of the season, we sat second. And it was really tight between the top three, but we were playing top of the table. So we needed uh, to beat them to win the league. And we were 2-0 down at half time, And uh, I think we came back, hit hit up 2-2. But then when we were going, f- we decided to go for it late and try to win the league rather than finish top two. Because our draw was enough to keep us second, I think. And, mm. um, and we conceded out the back door. And that dropped us down to third. And that team, obviously, that we lost to ended up winning the league. So there's obviously lots and lots of things that happened during the year, such as some incredible goalkeeping by a certain someone. And Woody, you've written here in the notes that you bagged 18 goals. Yesterday, you told me it was 21, but I would be surprised if it's more than 10. I don't know. What planet are you on, mate? You did not score 18 goals in this season. Mate, do you know what? I... I it was either seventeen or eighteen. I've gone for eighteen. I actually, I actually put in twenty one before, but <laughs> I know I definitely didn't score twenty one. But I can tell you it was definitely around seventeen or eighteen because I think I bagged I bagged four braces for the season, and the only time I scored more than two goals was when I scored five goals, and that was I'm pretty sure against. So um, you were stat padding, mate. No, I was a gun. I was leading the line. I was playing left wing, right wing. Mate, I was a freak. I was freaking nature. Freaking nature. And it was funny because straight out of school, I was a bit podgy as well. So you just see this little <laughs> meatball running down the wings. And uh, and I played rugby for six years. So um, it was, <laughs> mate, uh, the amount of yellow cards I think I got for the season, I should have been suspended, but... Because uh, I think I was registered under someone else's name, so yeah, I was about to say paperwork didn't really, wasn't really a thing. <laughs> it was not a thing at all. I paid my club rego. I think like three quarters of the way through the season, um, <laughs> so we saw we sort of got conned into paying overs for rego as you usually do in Sunday league. But yeah, Damo, the characters we had in the team were, were pretty funny, pretty funny. Right, there was some absolute. You know, blokes who thought they, they did instead. What were we? State League Five or something? A few blokes in that team who thought they should have been Premier I've, League. I've looked it up, and we were actually Metropolitan League Seven Northwest. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's so we're... probably about a good ten divisions lower than I thought. <laughs> yeah. <But> any... <laughs> yes. We were so crap. We were so crap. Um, but yeah, Damo, you you got conned into playing keeper that season. Yeah, I did, and I remember. Uh, I think we might we might have mentioned this on a previous mini, but we didn't have a keeper come round one, and I had a little bit of experience, so I was sort of got conned into it by you blokes, made a few unbelievable saves, and then by the end of the season, I was wanted in the Resi's team in the first team, but you know, stuck loyal to the boys uh, as I do, and um, yeah, could have been could have been an unbelievable year, but unfortunately, we uh, we slumped to third, and we never went back. Did we? No, we never. Don't even think we went to presentation night. <laughs> we, def- we definitely did not go to presentation night. <laughs> but Damon, let's quickly, just for a couple of minutes, let's touch on some of the characters we had because we, we still talk about them to this day when we when we kick around the ball. Um, and the one I want to start with is is Big Nico at centre back. The big, the big. So uh, we're dropping real names yeah, in this we're pod, aren't we? Real names. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, big Nico uh, at at centre back. He was partnered with one of our mates, 
And to say he had a foul mouth is, I think, is a bit of an <laughs> understatement. I reckon the bloke was on the weekly steroid cycle and finished every game with a protein shake. So yeah, <laughs> someone needed to tell that guy the science behind protein and how it works because he clearly hadn't mastered the concept just yet. But, I mean, he was definitely also the type of guy you did not tell the science to. You just let him do his thing. And I think once he scored an own goal, uh, Woody, or, or at least made a massive error that led to a goal, mm. and it was anything but his fault. And you wouldn't gonna you weren't gonna question him about it. He was, he was a scary character, and look, you know, I won't say anything more. But at the same time, you probably wouldn't want to go out for a beer with him. No. Is that sort of a good way to put oh, it? Oh, for sure. And I think it, I think to say I think it's probably fair to say that all his brains are in his biceps. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we'll move on, David. Dean, uh, big Dean. I'm pretty sure he did his ACL against the Castlemaine Goldfields on an away day. Um, that was funny. He's, he was like 45 years old, plugging up and down. Yeah, I was as, about as to as say, the back. way he spoke, it it was like he'd done his ACL 30 years ago. It, it, that, that man had some stories behind him, for sure. Yeah, it, was, it was so funny, though. It was such a traditional Sunday league thing where where your, right, your 45-year-old right back does his ACL trugging up the wing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just hilarious. Uh, but then let's all get started on a few of the imports that we had as well. Um, we had we had we had someone's cousin from Greece who was staying for the year. Uh, he was studying, and I'm pretty sure he was a Greek radio host or something. It was Costa, um, and it wasn't until I was listening to the radio that I actually realised he was on the radio. He was so shit. We just had to stick him up top every time he came on. Every time he came on, we had to change to a four four two because he was just too slow and too fat to play a single striker. Um, so when he came on, it was like we had 10 on the field. It was just, oh, it was next level. And you just couldn't, he, mate, he couldn't finish a plate of food if he wanted to. Honestly, he just, finishing ability was horrible. He played <laughs> two left feet. It was, it was nuts. Yeah, well, he wasn't alone though. There were a few blokes. Um, I, I remember there was a guy on our team who I always th- thought looked a little bit like Rad Mares, but football ability wise, he couldn't be further from it. He just couldn't run. <laughs> Oh, I don't know if you remember his name, yeah, Woody, yeah. but I, or you remember remember him in general. But yeah, we had a few characters. It was Na- um, it was Nakas, oh, mate. Nakas. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez. Alrighty, Woody, we've we've rambled on for about ten minutes about our own team, yeah. and so I think it is now time to talk about Premier League football, and that's why we do mm-hmm. this show. Um, the first team I want I want to open up with is a team that obviously we were going to talk about in this pod, so we might as well put a line through them straight away, and that's Southampton. Yep. About 2014 to 2016, and this team, I'm going to whip out some names here for you, Woodrow. <clears throat> Please. Two obvious ones, Mane and Van Dyke, but then we got Schneiderlin, Wanyama, Tadic, Pele, Shane Long, Font, Stephen Davis. And now <sighs> you might be thinking, you're, you're even missing Luke Shaw, uh... Lalana, Gareth Bale, those guys were even before this era. So Southampton, for a good five years, really smashed it in terms of recruitment. But look, I know they finished sixth and seventh in the 2014-15 and 15-16 seasons. But for mine, I just think, considering how some of these players have gone after, we see Tadic tearing it up at Ajax, obviously Mane and Van Dijk doing wonders at Liverpool. You'd have to wonder whether this team actually underachieved 
given that they never really did any damage in Europe despite qualifying twice. Yeah, for sure. And I think the 15-16 season was probably their missed opportunity, really. Because if you're looking at their season as a whole, from March onwards, they only lost one game. And that was to the eventual champions in Leicester, the, the mighty fairy tale. But I guess if you take the six weeks away um, between late November to the end of the calendar year in 2015, the Saints would have finished second. So for, for, if you're looking at their season, it was really two sides of the year um, because their, 20, their 2015 was completely different to how they, they started it and finished their 2016. So, you know, if, if they had the run they had at the, at the end of the season, probably at the start, it would have been a different story for them. And of course, they finished sixth that season, so they were not that far off as well. Um, and that was in a, late, in a year where, you know, the, the top four were probably as vulnerable as they are now. Yeah, we've spoken about it so much this season, Woody, about how the top four have been vulnerable. But a lot of people forget this 2015-16 season. Obviously, Leicester won the league, and no one forgets about that. But I'm more talking, I think... Uh, Liverpool and Chelsea finished lower than Southampton that year. I mean, that's just unheard of yeah. and probably won't happen for a long time. And they were only a couple of points off Man United, Man City in fourth and fifth. So, you know, th- this team with a little bit more consistency could have done a lot of a lot more damage. And I look at their league, uh, their, sorry, their League Cup, their FA Cup and European runs. They really didn't do much with them. And when you have a team like Southampton did, you almost need to if you need to maximize it and you need to cash in and get in your get get your silverware now and they weren't able to do it a fourth round exit and a third round exit in consecutive years to Crystal Palace in the FA Cup consecutive fifth round exits in the League Cup to one to Sheffield United who were in the third division at the time I'm pretty sure yeah, I think that and was, that was also League one I think yeah and they were hammered by Liverpool in the League Cup in 15 16. And of course, they didn't even get through qualifying in the Europa League in 15-16. So their cup runs weren't fantastic. And you'd have to say that much weaker teams have won cup competitions. Oh, for sure. I think of Wigan back in 2012-13. They got relegated oh, what a story and that won was. the FA Cup. What a story that was. So, yeah, you just have to wonder that despite cashing in, obviously, $75 million for Van Dyke, I look at a guy like Mane, $34 million. Southampton could have got another twenty million out of him if he kept if they kept him one more season. Do you like? Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. they haven't done badly, and this isn't exactly a criticism of Southampton, but you just have to wonder, especially where they are now. They probably will survive with the form of Danny Ings, but you just have to wonder what could have been for this Southampton team. Oh yeah, and then like the, the players they had. You look at the likes of Graziano Pelle and and Tadic and Wayne Yama. Not the guys that that you know the Mane and Van Dijk sort of stratospheres, but. They were playing some seriously good football, and obviously Wanyama went to Tottenham, Tadic um, went overseas, uh, and Pele had, had a season as well. He led the line. Like they, they, they missed opportunities. They missed some serious opportunities because you know they had a really solid team, and unfortunately, this Southampton team was probably, I guess, raped and pillaged for the for the best part of probably three or four years um, post this as well. But they really became the the gold the gold mine of the EPL, um, and I guess almost. Uh, top top of Europe as well with the plays they had going overseas and going to bigger clubs. But yeah, just just lost opportunity, Damo. For sure. All right, Woody, I want to move on to the next one. And it's a team that I found incredibly interesting looking at. And that was the Chelsea team just before the uh, takeover by Abramovich from about 2000, we'll say, to 2004. I know 
uh, Abramovich came along in 2003, but I feel like it's important to add that 2004 year mm-hmm. in it. This is Claudio Ranieri's reign at Chelsea. And Woody, again, we refer it back to that Leicester title, and we know what Ranieri was able to do some 15 years later, around about. But you'd have to say his time at Chelsea was another what could have been. Yeah, and it, it was it's interesting for us looking back because we're sort of digging out research because we weren't really... Ese último McNugget me toca a mí porque soy la mayor. ¿Y eso qué tiene que ver? Los mayores se respetan. Eso no existe, ¿cierto, mamá? Ya, yeah. quédense tranquilas. Aquí hay otra cajita de McNuggets. Respeto, ¿viste? El no hay rivalidad cuando hay McNuggets deal. Hay un deal para cada salida familiar en McDonald's. Compra uno de tus favoritos, como unos McNuggets de 10 piezas, una Big Mac, una Quarter Pounder with Cheese o un filet fish y te llevas otro por un dólar. Por tiempo limitado, precios y participación pueden variar válido para un producto de igual o menor valor. Around or, or supporting to, to see this, but when you do have a look at, at it in depth, you just seriously wonder how the hell did Ranieri go four seasons without a trophy? You know, he lost the FA Cup um, in 2002 to Arsenal and then lost to Monaco in the semis of the Champions League in 04. But he, the players he had playing, you know, under him, the likes of, um, like, uh, McAuley, Petit, Gallas, you know, Lampard... One Sebastian, one Sebastian Veron as well. Mate, he had to, he's some of the best players in Europe at, at um you know at the time as well. So you sort of really have to question um how did they not go further or how did they not win silverware during this time? Because you know Chelsea had such success you know in the late two thousands that you know their team wasn't that unchanged from this two thousand two thousand and four spell. You know what I mean? Yeah, you'd have to say that uh, once. Once Jose came along at the end of the 2004 season, you look at their signings. They picked up Petr Cech, Iron Robin, and Didier Drogba. And obviously, we know what those three went on to do. But you, there's a lot of talk that said Ranieri had every intention of signing Iron Robin and Didier Drogba. Not so much about Petr Cech, but those two that I mentioned were, were definitely locks that Ranieri wanted. So they clearly rated Ranieri's vision. If you look at their league finishes, they finished 6th, 6th, 4th, and 2nd. And obviously, there's clear, clear progress under Ranieri. And that season they finished 2nd was the year Arsenal went unbeaten. So, mm. you know, sometimes it's just your, your time timing is unlucky. But I, you also got to give credit to Ranieri. Brought the likes of Lampard, as you said, Woody, from West Ham. Noticed John Terry in the, in the reserve, brought him up and... You know, again, we know the career he had. So this 2000 to 2004 era, as much as they didn't win a trophy, which I'm sure would probably still haunt some of these players, I think of Zola. Mm -hmm. He left before Chelsea won the league, and he was there during this whole period as well. Uh, So he he's probably one that feels uh, hard done by. But you'd also have to say this era set the foundation for a purchase of Chelsea Football Club, and of course. Jose Mourinho coming and winning uh, two leagues, an FA Cup and a, and a League Cup in his time, in his first spell there, I should say. Yeah, and you know that's the thing. Like, unfortunately, you look at these teams, and it's it they fall victim to some of the greatest seasons of all time, which almost discredits their seasons, um, because obviously no one no one remembers second. But then if you look at this Chelsea 2014 when they did come second, they are victim to probably one of, if not the best Premier League team of all time. Um, so that, you know, that I think that goes worth noting that they just fall victim to time and place, really. 
Um, For sure. Yeah, and I think that almost goes with probably the next team that we're going to move on to, which is the Tottenham 2009 to 2012 team. Um, and that's that's Harry, Harry Redknapp Spurs. You know, they secured Champions League for the first time in their history, finishing fourth in 2009. But even then, this 2009, probably the 2008 to 2013 um, years, which was right where this prime Tottenham was, the top four were probably their most dominant ever. Um, and you look at probably mm-hmm. the rise of Manchester City, the continuing success of United, and even the success of Chelsea as well. These are the teams they dominated this era for about for about you know eight to ten years. When you see the prime te- prime Tottenham teams come through, they always fall victim to a dominating top four, um, and that's exactly. Yeah, I have to say, even Liverpool were pretty strong during that time as well. Yeah, exactly, and that's a team that we almost left out as well, um, because it, you know, it's just, you know, unfortunately they just fall victim to the big four. Um, but especially if we look at this Tottenham team, if we start the 09 season, they had, you know, you look at the prime Tom Huddleston, young Luka Modric, Aaron Lennon, Wilson Palacios, and that's not to even mention their attacking options, which was Gareth Bale, Peter Crouch had just come in, Pavlichenko, um, Jermaine Defoe Crouchy. as well. Yeah, uh, Crouch. I had to choose this team because of Peter Crouch. He just rambles too long about it on the uh, that Peter Crouch podcast. You just, <laughs> you just can't. Mate, Harry Redknapp loves Peter Crouch more than his own son i'm telling you well loves crouchy (laughs) i'm pretty sure i just finished the episode where they said harry redknapp would do the eulogy at crouchy's funeral which i think would just be so funny it'd be so so funny um but yeah looking back at this tottenham team in in 2010-11 finished fifth to make europa league made it through the champions league quarters um and that was an absolutely famous season when they downed the both both of the Milan teams as well, and I'm pretty sure they fell victim to it was Real Madrid, um, and that was Ronaldo when Ronaldo had his his 50 goal season. So, you know they they were really strong this Tottenham team, and and um, yeah they 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 were, got very successful. But you just can't help but think they were so close for so long. What could have taken them into that top four? I guess stratosphere. Um, and that's you know the season that that they really could have had, um, and that in this period of time that probably should have seen them win more silverware. Yeah, I think you you make your own luck sometimes, but then on the other hand, you do really get unlucky. Of course, their fourth place finish in the eleven twelve season was a great success until Chelsea the following week won the Champions League against all odds against Bayern Munich. So you know these little moments probably can hurt teams not just in the moment but after the fact mm. uh you know you think of team, guys like modric uh bale of course left a few seasons later these sort of guys you know rafael van der vaart was finishing up coming towards the latter end of his career these guys they're almost inclined to stick around a little bit more uh if they see something coming in the future but little things like that makes it less interesting for players to stick around and i, I let's look at uh, liverpool for example uh, Steven Gerrard retired mm, somewhat against his own will, but it was when Klopp was rebuilding Liverpool. If, let's just say Gerrard was two years younger, he might have played an extra four years because of what Liverpool were becoming. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, you, like, you can't really become a part of a rebuild if you're at the point where you need results now. Yeah, for sure. And that's exactly where that Tottenham team were, really, because... Um, you know, if you look at what their rebuild was at the start of the 2009 under Harry Redknapp when he brought in all these guys, you know, if you look at, look at towards the end of his um, reign, you look at the likes of, you know, at, 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 was it Adebayor, 
Um, you know, came in and I'm pretty sure he was a top scorer for Tottenham um, at, in, in Harry Redknapp's last season at Tottenham. But, you know, that, you know, Tottenham played, that they were third for so long. Um, and then just only a couple of points behind the Manchester clubs. And, you know, there was, there was much speculation as to whether they could mount a title challenge. But, you know, come after, come late Feb, really, like seasons collapse. And we've seen so many historic teams, you know, where their seasons collapse, collapse in late Feb or, or, or um, you know, um, early March. And I think that's, that's such a defining period. And if you can't get through that, then you're probably not worthy of being a good team, really, if you're going to collapse so yeah. late. Because um, obviously this, this season is a marathon, not a sprint. So I think, yeah, it just you just see so many teams fall victim to just um, just just issues post post the new year. So yeah, it just really defines whether teams are going to reach greatness or not. Speaking of uh, reaching greatness or not reaching greatness, I should say, Woody, we have got one more that we want to talk about, and one that you really wanted to talk about because it was a team that probably gets left you know, left behind in terms of these sort of discussions. And it's the Aston Villa team of 2008 to about 2010. One of the more memorable teams that gets forgotten about, if that makes any sort of sense. Of course, a young lad by the name of Ashley Young won the PFA Young Player of the Year in the 08-09 season. And uh, and Milner, who won it in 09 and 10. These two guys really ran the show for Aston Villa. But you'd have to say 08-09 was the real missed opportunity from a Villa perspective. Oh, mate, it was the it was the golden year for Aston Villa and I'm pretty sure it's regarded by fans as probably being some of the best years in um, the club's uh, you know modern history. Um, and anyway, in the middle of Feb, you know, Aston Villa were third and that's something something saying to have this Aston Villa team that were third. You know, that was 7 points clear of Arsenal in fifth and and you know, if they had the consistency, they would have made it through to Champions League, but they went on a pretty you know, famous run where they didn't get a win for, I guess, months. Um, and they, they, they guess they, they gave up their Champions League spot and it took the Gunners less than a month to make up the ground to reach fourth. I think that will remain as probably the biggest year of disappointment for Villa fans. And you, when you ride the roller coaster of the Premier League, you get these sort of stories. And that was exactly the case for this Villa team. They had so much promise. And if they just had the consistency... They would have been in the Champions League, and who knows what that what that would have done for the fortune of the club. That probably probably would have reshaped the top six for a few years to come as well. And obviously, Villa are probably going to get relegated this season. They're, they're looking extremely likely. You know, it's just the fortune fortune of the Premier League, really. Um, and Damon, not to not to mention, I know you mentioned um, Ashley Young and uh, James Milner as well, but a young Gabby Bonlahor as well. Yeah, I was about to say yeah. a few absolute weapons in this lineup. Yeah, he, Emil Heskey. Emil Heskey. John, Is he, was he there? Yes, John Carew as well. The big. Uh, I'm pretty sure he was Norwegian um, back in the day. Uh, he was he was huge as well. Um, and then Martin Larson in de- Martin Lawson, sorry, in defence, and I think a lot of people go um, without recognising the the impact that he had on the Villa club. He won the Champions League with AC Milan in 03 and the Serie A in 2004, and he had the captain armband for that 09-10 season, and also I'm pretty sure the 08-09 season as well. And he was a monster in defence, was right up there in the Premier League team of the season um, voting as well. Yeah, this Villa team, far out. You just look at the names. They, they got had. it right. They really did get it right around this time. Yeah, they did. And, and they, I was just sorry, Woody, I was just about to say that. They got real close to some silverware. Semis in the FA Cup, runners-up in the League Cup, uh, and they made it the Europa League three times in a row. So they really, you know, it's one of those things where we almost forget, especially 
as we were probably young fans at the time, about 10 or 12 years old, you forget about how consistent Aston Villa and the Southamptons were. Mm. And when we look at it now, Aston Villa, they're just, as you said, Woody, a shadow of, of the team they were back then. And, and this isn't even their prime time in their history. But that late 2000s era is something that, again, I would say, although successful, they would still be having nightmares about the fact that they probably didn't achieve what they thought at some points during those seasons they could. Yeah, oh, completely. And I literally could not agree with you more because I I think of Martin O'Neill, and he's probably one of the most underrated managers um, in our Premier League era as well. I think the things that he did with some of these players, and like Gabby Agbonlahor was by no means a world-class player. He was he was not... Whoa, 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 no, no. whoa, whoa. <laughs> Hold up. Matt, you're talking smack about <laughs> no. the speedster himself? <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying, like, if we're being realistic, Agbonlahor, cult favourite, Villa hero, but realistically, he was not... He was not a top four striker, right? But the things that Martin O'Neill was doing was making him, you know, play the best of his abilities and really push Villa up the table. Even, even you know, what he did with um, their captain, Martin Larson, Martin Lawson, sorry. You know, Lawson came in from, from um, Milan and he was a hack for three years. He played 30 games in three years. 30 games. And, and then to give him the armband as well, you know, clearly Larson's not, not a not a bad player. He won the won the Champions League with AC. So to give him the Iron Man as well, the what it's fun fact, Amo. What he actually did with this guy that turned him into one of the best central defenders in the league was he said to him, All right, you got the Iron Band, but you know what? What happens from Monday to Friday in terms of training, you you figure it out yourself. If you want to train with the first team, you can. But if you don't want to, go do your own thing. As long as you're fit for Saturday, you have free reign completely over how you train. Which I thought, <laughs> which is something you probably don't really hear about these days. But oh no way! Yeah, and just just to hear that, I think you know Martin O'Neill did wonders with this Aston Villa team. But far out, what could have been? All right, Woody. I reckon that wraps up the teams that could have been episode. Another another successful mini. I would have thought. Uh, does pose the question though what do we talk about uh for the next step you want any ideas that is a that is a good question i did have an idea during the week but i completely forgot about it so have you, <laughs> have, you got, have you got any that come to mind well one i one i sort of thought could work iconic title races or title races in general so i'm talking like ones that went down to the now we'll talk about key moments in the season how does that sound yeah sounds good i, I all i can remember is uh city clinching the um, the closing day title over United um, back way something away. might something tells me that that might get a mention <laughs> in next week's episode but yeah I reckon that could be a good one and we could make it just races in general so top four races relegation battles just we'll, we'll talk about the lot yes I I would love to chuck in some relegation battles as well too easy. All right, well, we'll lock that in for next week. Woody, I'm out of here. If they want to hit up the socials, where can they find us? You can us? find us on Insta at Premier League Nightclub. And Damo, where can you find us on the Twitter? At PL Nightclub, or just search us on the Facebook, you'll find us. And also, Woody, we've got episode 39 coming out within the next week. So keep an eye out for that. It will be around. And there's another, uh, we'll say, gift for the listeners. Is that, yeah, is that a good way I to think, put it, Woodrow? I think we, we can definitely say that we've got another Aussies Uncovered coming on. It's too easy. Hope everyone had a nice Easter. I'm out of here. See, See ya. See you guys. Cheers for booking at the Premier League Nightclub.
So I heard from my sister's friend's cousin that Kohl's has the lowest prices of the season and had to see for myself. For real, the deals are so good. I got my kids summer tees for $5.99, a cute swimsuit for myself for $17.99, and a shark vacuum for $199.99, which will be great after Sandy Beach Days. I got Kohl's cash too, and I got it all in less than an hour with free store pickup. So yeah, summer, I'm ready for you. Select styles ends May 23rd. Some exclusions apply. See store or kohls.com for details. Hey, imagine if all your frustrations about advertising your business could be solved right now. You should know that podcast listeners are more engaged in higher converting than any other advertising medium. So try AdHub today and reap the rewards of Spreaker's self-advertising platform. It makes it as effortless as ever to be heard by thousands, regardless of the listening app they use. Visit Spreaker.com forward slash AdHub. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com forward slash AdHub and start using your advertising dollars in an impactful way. Sports Social Podcast Network.